Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott, and I'm joined by Matt, like always. How are you, buddy? I've been better. Uh, lockdown continues for another four weeks here in Sydney, and season over for the dogs. <laughs> the bad news just keeps piling in. Yeah, season was over quite a while, but I guess, yeah, it was a pretty bad week. It was a bad... It must have been the omen, really. Bulldogs dished up the first half that was rubbish, and then Gladys goes, oh, we'll have another four weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. When, I, when I said season over, I mean, we're, we're guaranteed the wooden spoon. Put your yeah. mortgage on it, um, and you'll get your mortgage back plus 10 cents. Um, but that's the situation at the moment. Um, let's go straight into it, Scotty. The dogs... Yeah. Disappointing up at the Gold Coast again, this time against the Sharks. Um, 44-24 to the Sharks. Yeah, so I actually had a weird... and I was watching Before I watched the game, I said what what was going to dictate... Oh, what was going to decide the game is whether the Bulldogs wanted to win it or not. They were going to decide it. I didn't think the Sharks were going to actually have... I know it sounds crazy, but too much of an influence, if you know what I mean. It'd be, mm. like, if the Bulldogs turned up to play like they did against the Rabbitohs and Roosters and played those performances for that long... They will win. That was mm-hmm. as simple as that. I think they were going to win. The Sharks haven't been overly crash hot this mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. They've been winning games against lower teams and they've been putting them away, but they've been tested quite a few. I mean, Sean Johnson, you know, he played a, a really good game, uh, given all the opportunity in the world to play a good game for that first half before, until he got injured, of course. But... I said, I was just like, if we want to play like we do against South and Roosters, because we probably, I was like, we probably walk away with winners. If we make too much errors or do stupid things, we walk away losers. And the first half was the story of us not wanting to, almost not wanting to be there or we're still on the bus or something. It was, it was diabolical. Yeah. It was atrocious. It was disgusting first half. It was just embarrassing to, well, it was a case of same shit next uh, different week, wasn't it? After 15 minutes of down 12 nil, we talked about the slow starts. We talked yeah, about how we're getting the rest of the game together, apart from a few bits of unlucky situations in the opening 20 minutes. Um, we're starting to put the game together. But um, again, slow start, put us behind the eight ball straight away. And then yet again, another sin bin at this time for causing some whiplash uh, was the wording used on field. And a three-week suspension too, Luke Thompson, for that. Um, I thought that was quite harsh. I still haven't found out how many weeks Thomas Flegler got for what should have been a, a send-off. I actually got, I might double-check that whilst we're, while we're talking, but I'm hearing I, I thought I saw a week. for. That's ridiculous. But I'll double-check. You keep... Yeah, keep well, look... We played 15 minutes, didn't we, in the second half? Yeah, like it was, don't get me wrong, like the second half in that patch where we were just scoring points and we it looked like we were like, couldn't do anything wrong in the second half. Mm. It was an entertaining, quite second half. Like you had the bit, it brought back the game. Like, you know, you go into half time, it was what, 30 to six and 24 points different difference. Uh, you go, that's way too much for the Bulldogs to do. And it was way too much for the Bulldogs to overcome. But the Bulldogs put a bit of a show on for a, Big chunk for that 15, 20 minutes in the second half to actually get you to start to believe that, wait a second, something special or something may happen here. But then Sharks then, you know, they got a chance and they scored. It was just like we got ourselves back in it and then to a certain extent and then we let a try go straight in, not yeah. too long after the possession. We never got it within more than two tries from the Sharks. So really, 
really disappointing performance. The fact that we lose again, I think the Broncos are now four points clear in second last position. And the fact that we've just lost our best player for half the rest of the season means game over. Uh, we'll get to talk more about the rest of the season when we start to talk about the upcoming game this mm. week. But let's go into the points um, for this game that we've handed out for player of the year. Yeah, uh, I just, just quickly, for those who are actually listening, Flegler got a two-game suspension. He took okay. the early guilty plea. Um, yeah, so straight into the points. Do you, I'll, sorry, now I'm talking that I'll give my one point away. I gave my one point, uh, I think, to the fearless leader, Josh Jackson. Um, I think it was a really good uh, a good opportunity for a photo, a photo opportunity with him. He saved a try in the second half. It looked like he was on his, you know, haunches and stuff. Almost looks like he, he struggled to stand, but yet he saved a t- uh, try with Braden uh, Trindle doing step-step, beating a few people, but he couldn't beat Josh Jackson. And then he had the blood over his jersey and stuff like that. Like, that type of like leadership, you know, battered, bruised, and still, you know, putting your body on the line when the game was probably over, but something that I wanted to highlight. Um, I actually gave it to him without really looking too much at the stats, but for those who are interested, he did 12 runs for 108, uh, 108 metres, 32 post-contact metres, and 48 tackles. He actually started on the edge this week, uh, played a bit, of the, bit in the middle uh, when the, the interchanges were coming on and off, but I actually really liked him on the second, uh, on the edge. I thought he, was, he had some good runs. There was a couple of times where I've noticed we're deep in our end. And you know when you look at the some of the backs who come in to take a run and stuff like that, Josh Jackson was doing some of that type of stuff as well. Like, you know, whatever was needed by the team, he was happy to put his hand up. So that's why I've given him the point more on the presence than anything really, than stats. Yeah, absolutely. And I went one point for Lick Media. I thought he showed some touches of class throughout the game and tried his heart out like he always does, running for just under 150 metres for most of the backs. So that gives Nick Meany one point. He joins Dallon in second position on 13 points. Uh, a bit embarrassing given Dallon hasn't been at the club for, for what, a month? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. And he's and, been injured for a lot of the season too. That's right. And Josh Jackson actually now he comes into fifth place with that point from yourself as well. We'll tied fourth with Jake Abarillo on eight points. Uh, player, they got two points, got two points for both of us, so he gets five points. And I guess it's no shock, Scotty, I'll let you talk about it, but it's Luke Thompson, um, and that puts him on 28 points, 15 points clear of the next chaser in our Player of the Year award. I was going to say, um, with the suspension, he might have been might have ha- might have been run down in the mm. back half of the year with the last romantic games, but um, he got the, the the extra bonus point this week for getting my two points and your two points, and that might just be enough to keep him in that position. Well, I'm going to say, thankfully, uh, it's not like the Daily Emeralds when you get suspended and you have to you know, get rid of the thing because um, it would have actually opened up a chance for Dallin to actually almost win it. That's the type of season if it was, if we were suspending players and stuff. But... I actually thought Luke Thompson, you know, he was a man on a mission at the start before he got sin binned. And I feel, I, I feel like the sin bin really, you know, fueled him even more. Like he was just even more, like he scored a try. Um, at one stage on the bottom of the screen, Fox League was saying he ran for like 78 metres in like under 20 minutes. And you go, wow, if he plays the first half, he's going to have a 140 metre half. And we barely had the ball. We barely had the ball and he had like 70 metres next to his name, which is insane. But then he got sin binned and then, I don't know, he just came back um, 
came back even came back crazy. Look at this, 19 runs for 204 running meters. I actually thought there was more running meters in there, but in saying that, it's the highest for the team. 68 post-contact meters, 10 tackle breaks. He just just couldn't be stopped. Two line breaks, including obviously his try, he scored. Uh, and 32 tackles. He played 62 minutes, so obviously he had eight minutes Obviously, had the 10-minute sin bin, but he had an eight-minute stint on the interchange bench as well. I thought, what a game. And I was like, we were saying before, I don't like the ice ball. At least I said before, I didn't like Luke Thompson playing in the number 13. I thought it changed. But I was like, oh, if he plays like this every week, just give him the number 13. If he's going to produce turnout numbers like that. Yeah, I think um, previously where he's played number 13, he's tried to do a bit more ball playing. Mm. Uh, that he did on the weekend. And on the weekend, I think he just played as a third prop, um, which um, changes things. So if he's going to play that style, happy for him to be there. I, I also said that I'd rather him play in the um, prop forward position than lock last week. But he did a really good performance there. Uh, we won't see him again for the next three weeks, unfortunately. Uh, and it really puts the Bulldogs in a sticky bind going forward. But I don't think anyone can uh, argue about uh, Luke Thompson, his player of the match last week. This week, Scotty, we're up against the Gold Coast. On the Gold Coast, it's our home game. Mm, and the big, I suppose, the big talking point of what we keep saying is Luke Thompson not being available uh, for his late hit on Braden Braley. Mm. Um, first of all, I thought, you know, penalty sufficient. And when I got Sinbin, I was a bit like, what the hell? Well, I, was... I, I think if we're, if we're being serious... That probably Thompson should have been sin binned. But given what's happening in recent weeks, mm. the Thomas Flegler hit in the head should be a send off before the, the crackdown mm. um, is, is sent to the sin bin. Then there's no way Thompson, on that uh, level of what's the word, consistency, goes to the bin as well. Just makes yeah. no sense. If we go back to when the crackdown was happening and, the, uh, and all that sort of stuff, that was a silbin. And if that was the standard, I'm fine with it. But given what's happened recently, it seemed very unfair. Yeah, I, I actually think, though, like it was more, and if anything, it was lazy from Luke Thompson because I genuinely didn't think he actually put a shot on. I think he just ran into it. It just wouldn't stop running into the direction of him. So I don't think he put a shot on. I don't know if he's... Uh, points in the game well sorry his previous with the uh james Tamau eye gouge last year at the end of the season which james Tamau came to his defense and said there was no eye gouge i was just milking for a penalty and the nrl still gave him a full match suspension he's when luke Tom, luke thompson said oh when i heard that he goes i'm off i'm good to be available for round one nope got a four game suspension for that and now he's got a bad rap sheet including eye gouging and now a late shot. But I don't think it was a shot per se. I think it was more a late run into. Like he should have, could have pulled out of that. Or he actually would have been better if he just wrapped his arms and hugged him on the way down because mm. they would have cushioned any, like, you know, blow. But I yeah. thought, you know, a penalty, when I seen him for 10, I was actually going, oh, this is ridiculous. He just ran into him. like. Mm. Um, and then I also noticed Braden Bradley got back to his two feet quite quickly. After yeah. the whistle blown for the penalty, and then when he got sent for ten, I was like, "Oh, at least the good thing is that we won't have to worry about a week suspension." Yeah, you know everything was sorted. You know, harsh against us on live. And when they said he was facing suspension, I was like, "Are you serious?" And when the Bulldogs are fighting, I said, "Oh, no problem. Yeah, this is awesome. Like, you know, he'll be he'll be named on the weekend and he'll play because 
common sense will prevail. No, he got the worst punishment because he would he would have got two matches if he took the early guilty plea. Well, I think we all know that the NRL and the ARLC are completely out of touch with two of its major stakeholders, the fans and the players. So no surprises there. Competition has mm. got some poor leaders at the moment. Um, I sort of blame Dylan Harper for the suspension because he that offload from that kick. Just oh. hold off. Hold on the ball. He gave, he gave the Sharks 18 points. How did we not talk about that when we were talking about the Sharks game? Yeah, um, yeah he gave that, that, points. Oh, Absolutely. It's just... It's heartbreaking. I, I think I've blocked it out because I don't want to think about it. But yeah, absolutely. On, got our what? Our first six points. It was twelve six. Mm. Uh, yeah, stage, yeah, Thompson, yeah. Here we go. We've got some momentum behind the stage. He can come back off the kickoff. Just throw the ball at the back. Cause all sorts of pressure on his teammates. And then a couple of tackles later, uh, off to the Sydney game over straight well, he, away. He gave a hard tackle away, which they scored off. Dunapa. Not long yeah. after that, and he gave away six more, which they scored off. And I was like. I th- I think it was six. Actually, I think it was sixteen points because they missed a goal. You could almost contribute to the one player on the field. And I, I get you got to defend and do things like that. But when you're coming off a kickoff, what's the number it's the one rule? Momentum, though, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. the number one rule after it's just like you said. Yeah, completely. You said get to a Half kick. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I've never thought it was a good idea to offload, especially when you're in contact. Like you know, you can do the spread off the kickoff if you want to change it up. But when you make contact after the kickoff, I think that's you know. Unless if you're getting pushed to the touchline, yeah. you just take the first tackle and that's it. That's how you get it started. But yeah, like you were saying, we've got the Titans on Sunday yeah, at 2pm this time. The almost impossible task of uh, going up to the Gold Coast against the Gold Coast and winning, especially from where we're coming from. Um, we're disappointing to see that Toby Sexton as a as a junior going for a school was a was on a, a um, was an apprenticeship with the Bulldogs. Mm, or a yeah, with the Bulldogs that we. Yeah. Apparently that was uh, we let him go because we forgot to uh, renew it in time. So some great administration happening again in the world of rugby league. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Anyway, but how good did he play? Like I know we're, oh, we're talking absolutely. about the Bulldogs and Titans. Like I was just watching that game and I was in awe. And I was like, this. I was like, mate, you're playing your first inaugural game in halfback. I was like, settle down a little bit. You're showing. A- Is it too far to go to say it was the best halfback debut of the season? I'm just trying to think of all the halfbacks who's debuted. Sam Walker. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Sam Walker came to really good in the second and third week where he started doing all these try assists. Sam Walker also likes to run a lot more and Sexton's your, your traditional sort of organiser. They used to play together in the junior kangaroos. But Great kicker. Bulldogs team this week. Scott, um, I'll go through it and then I'll give you my first thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll let you take it away. So at fullback this oh. week, it's Corey Allen. The wingers are Nick Meady and Jaden Ockenbaugh. Will Hopperwadi and Aaron Shop near in the centres. Jake Avrilo is in 5'8". And Kyle Flanagan is back at halfback. Props, Jack Hedrington and uh, well, Luke Thompson was named. He won't be there. Hook is Jeremy Marshall-King in the second row. Corey Waddell and Adam Elliott. Josh Jackson's the lock. The bench, uh, as it was named, Bailey Biondiodo, Dylan Napa, Arva Sinemenefungai and Matt Dury. And on the reserves, Lachlan Lewis, Joe Stibson, Chris Patulu and Felikiko Manu. Now, obviously, Thompson's out, and one of those reserves will come in to play the game, and possibly Arba will start at prop, um, which is the most likely situation. But what I wanted to talk about was Trent Barrett has come out and decided that we will drop Lachlan Lewis 
and we'll have Kyle Flanagan back because now we need to start to plan towards the future next year. This confuses me tremendously, um, given the fact that we should have already been planning for that. There's no way we could make the finals for like the last how many weeks? Five, six weeks in yeah, real, say, realistic yeah. terms? Yeah, and then four weeks officially, I think. Yeah. Um, and why have we just played Lachlan Lewis for the last two to three weeks? If all of a sudden now we're looking to the future, we're not looking to resign him. That's been reported again that mm-hmm. Lachlan Lewis is not in the plans next year. That's why he's gone and Flanagan's in. We should have done this three weeks ago when Lewis originally came in. So that's confusion number one. Confusion number two, we're looking forward to next year. So Corey Allen's gone to fullback, so maybe that's a look into who will be our fullback next year. Um, we know we've got Matt Dufty coming as well, but that's that. Um, will Hopawati is at centre. Mm. That's not looking to the future too much for me. Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm confused about what what's going on. Well, I've got a feeling this uh, side's got a little bit more of uh, some influence from Gus Gould in this side more than anything because he quickly, you know, if you're looking at reports, he quickly squashed the the rumor that Flanagan was getting shopped to the Super League. He was quickly to say, no, it's not happening. He's in our plans for next year. Would like to see him how he goes off a decent pack. And I thought a bit of a smack in the face to the current ones there. But anyway, um, you know, when he's got a full pack behind him and, you know, a better side, like, you know, he's putting too much pressure on himself and trying to play too much of a role when he's been playing this year for the Bulldogs. That's why he's not achieved at the level that everyone wanted him to achieve at or what he was doing at the Roosters. Um, So I get that. And I agree where you're coming from, like, you know, if Lewis was, you know, told apparently weeks and weeks ago, I think almost towards the start of the told year. Told at the start of the year. Yeah, he wasn't wanted for next year. I mean, we just gave him a free audition um, in, you know, to to show what he's got for future teams. Yeah, it's a weird one because... Because you're looking to the future, and I I like that now because I like the fact that it's like you shift Nick Meany on the wing, and it's not because Nick Meany didn't have a good game because you're like shifting to the future and stuff. But you said Will Hopawadi, and then you look at the likes of Dylan Arpa still on the team as well. Like the the speculation, there's nothing official, but there's been reports that Dylan Arpa's manager's been trying to sell him for like three hundred thousand a year, which is reportedly under half of what he's on now. Yeah, um, and Hopper has been linked to St. Helens. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's a, if that's almost like a loyalty thing because Hopper's been a part of the Bulldogs for a long time and they think he's earned his right mm. to play out. But, but it's, it goes against the message of... Yeah, no, that's future. what I'm... Yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not saying Hopperwadi should be out because we're looking to the future and we need to throw in all the youngsters and all that, even though that, that would give them a pretty good... Um, head start going into next year. But you can't turn around in one aspect and say, we're looking towards the future. That's why Lewis has gone to Flanagan's in, but Hopper is the centre. Mm, and yeah, no, it's, it's confusing because we could have, you know, could have uh, put Manu into the centre there and, you know, give him a chance to, mm. you know, play because, you know, his contract, if to see if he can get a contract for next year and a young, a young player. Um, but yeah, with Flanagan returning, I think, you know, it was a, the right core, but then when you look from last week's performance and stuff, um, you'd probably say Lewis was probably the better half, 
which he got yeah. a couple of try assists and stuff like that. I wouldn't say he was absolutely great. There was a few moments where I know he ran the ball for like 15 meters and then put the world's worst kick. I think he ran further than the ball went mm. in a run, which, you know, he's, he's got a lot to work with, but you know, like he, he was playing okay without being great. Like, you know, the future, then he got dropped for it. And then, you know, sure. So like, I agree with what you're saying. We should have done this like three weeks ago, four weeks ago when Lewis first came in not to give him a run, only give him a run if we needed. But um, my weird one is where's uh, Brendan Waken? Yeah. We haven't seen him come back since the, um, the COVID breach. And if he's in our future, wouldn't you think that he should be on the reserve list if we're going to name a half on the reserve list, just in case if a half goes down? Yeah. Because he's yeah. here next year. So he might not well, be... At this stage, yes. He's contracted yeah. next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, you'd think that if, knock on wood, Flanagan or Avrilo goes down in the week, Lewis is going to be the person he covers for that. Mm-hmm. But when I would have just imagined that if you're playing for the future, you'd probably want, if you had someone locked in, like Wakeham, who's locked in for next year, that he'd be on the reserve list. And think, but yeah, it's absolutely. What well, I oh, will no, to wrap up um, this little preview. Let's go in a minute. I'll ask you if we got any chance of winning. But before we do, uh, I just want to put out there. I hope uh, I've been a pretty big supporter of Flanagan um, on this show, on this uh, podcast. So I really hope that he goes out there and has a really good game with uh, win, lose or draw. For the side, I hope he goes out there, builds some confidence, and um, starts showing the talent that we know that he has. Scotty, do we have any chance of winning this weekend? I'm always going to say, of course, everyone's got a chance of winning, but oh, it's going to be difficult. I reckon I give no. I'm going to put this, and people might call me crazy. I reckon we had a better chance of beating the Panthers earlier this year when we had them at. Uh, was it? It's a blue bet stadium now or at Penrith. Anyway, I thought we had a better chance. I felt if any, we had more of a chance of upsetting then. Like, you know, you just saw, did you see what David Fafita did on the weekend? Yeah. You know, he was just insane. He couldn't be stopped. Like, and I was like, well, if we had Luke Thompson, you know, I'd give us a bit more chance and all that. And, but yeah, no, I don't think we're going to win. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a 13 plus for Titans. I think it's going to be a very similar score to so, the Dragons game. Sure. It's a, uh... No with a but. Quick, yes. uh, long answer, yes with an if. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, you just, you look at uh, their pack, especially David Fafita. I don't know if they're going to use him the same way off the interchange. Mm-hmm. But if if he wants to play, like he is ridiculously hard to stop against good teams. A good team struggled to put him away. Yep. We take our best forward off us, which I think we flag like, a little bit. <laughs> there goes our leader in the front row as well. Yeah, Flager gets to come back and doesn't get to play behind um, one of the only front rowers that are actually consistently going forward for us. Yeah, that's... Oh, jeez. That's, yeah. And I know, you just win. If we're going to win, sorry, I just want to say, like, we've got to win. It needs... You would have, like, an inspirational performance from Josh Jackson. I would expect Josh Jackson to walk away with two points from both of us. And I feel like uh, Jack Heverington needs to go and get, like, 160 to... 160 minutes plus in that performance, like, if we're going to win... But I, I don't know. I think we've got to. I think if we walk away with like you know just a twelve point loss or a eighteen point loss, I think I would take that as a positive. The way the Titans played last week. Yep. Alrighty, Scotty. That will do that. Let's um, Bulldogs in the news this week. What do we got? Well, uh, Paul Vaughan has well one of the worst well kept secret. I guess Paul Vaughan has signed on for next year. Um, we've spoken about a lot about him for the last about three weeks. I guess so. It's been a mm. while. Um, since he's been linked with us. 
adds, you know, great, well, great person, which creates depth into the Ford pack next year when you have him, Harrington, obviously MNFN guy, uh, Tafita Pengai Jr., all going to be at the Bulldogs next year. So it, you know, creates the depth as well. Um, yeah. We've already talked about the COVID stuff, the culture stuff. All, all I'll add to that is that um, I actually think his, his performances have fallen away this year as well at the start of the year. Um, mm. So I think he's over the hill as well. I'm not sure how great of a signing that's going to be. And I don't know how much of a difference that will make in the pack. At his best, he can really help lead um, lead the pack. Maybe he can be the second in ch- charge behind Thompson. But I thought his career was on a sort of a downward uh, decline uh, naturally anyway. Oh, yeah, I just, to add to you, like, I actually agree. I, you look at his metres still and stuff like that, he's still, like, you know, churning 160 metres a game and stuff like that. I feel like he's still got something to offer with the ball. Um, however, I feel like his defence was more the issue. I think he was getting a little bit slower in the middle there. Yep. Um, however, we got him for really cheap. Well, the reports is really cheap. It's for a year. Like, if it doesn't work out, like, performance-wise or attitude-wise, he's out the door again. He's as quickly as he signed the contract, he's back out. So I do like that factor. I'm thinking if he plays something like about 45 minutes a game, 50 minutes a game, like if we could keep him under 50 type of area, we might be able to still get some good uh, good things out of him. But if we have the idea thinking that he's going to play 50, 60 minutes a week, I think we've made the mistake there. Like we don't, we've got Heverington and CMNFN guy who can dish in some decent minutes as well. So, it's an interesting one. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. That's where I'm coming with that one. Uh, I mean, we spoke about it uh, before, but if, you, if you've if you missed the start of the podcast or the ending, or the, well, not starting, not the ending, sorry, starting, the middle, uh, the preview, the review, and everything, Luke Thompson's out for three matches. It's been mentioned at every single point of the podcast. Um, he went to the judiciary on Tuesday night and failed to overturn that. I said earlier I was quite confident that he was going to get off and would have been available for selection. Oh, we available for selection this week and be able to play. So I'm very disappointed in that. You've already made mention <laughs> a bit about that as well. Um, it's just crazy, though, because I actually wanted to link that up with Josh Alloway. I know it's completely different tackle and everything, but I feel what Josh did to um, Alex Seyhaf, Seyhaf on the weekend was much worse and much more intent to actually injure someone and he only copped a week for yeah. his uh, was it, was it cannonball tackle? Is that the correct term? He just absolutely he's done his MCL. Alex Seahaf, for those who don't really know him, young prop, you know, trying to just starting his career. It's been thing, and I don't want to say it, but I feel like there was an attempt to injure, like Josh Allen has been left the Tigers on a very sour taste, and it was like his first real time against them. And you know, that happens and it's him linked mm. to it. So, and that gives, that's a week, that's a week intentionally injuring someone and an illegal tackle. Then someone who accidentally ran in or not accidentally lazily ran into someone, not injured or anything, just lazy three matches, but okay. That's what I just wanted to mention. And uh, finally, Raymond Fatala Mariner has been nominated for the Ken Stevenson medal award. Uh, so that's for his community work. For those who don't know yeah. the award, it's for his community work. and um, Probably the only medal that we could be in the running for this year. Yeah, not, it's not too short to be But, yeah, we probably got the best chance there. I mean, Adam Elliott used to be a gimme for those 
nominations for his community work, but for some of the stuff he does off-field, it probably rules him out. But for those who are wondering, Trent Hodginson was the last winner for a Bulldogs player. With that award, when he was writing stuff on his kicking tee, he's uh, writing kids' names on his kicking tee, then visiting them in hospital the week after. Mm-hmm. Now, means we're up to a final segment. It's old dog, eh? Yeah, old dog. Uh, you're gonna. I think you're gonna be pretty happy if I link this one. All right, go ahead. So, if a, a player who played 132 games in NRL, 112 with the Bulldogs, mm. and 20 for the Melbourne Storm. Steve Turner. And now he played between 1999 and 2004 for the Bulldogs, and then he and then he played 2005 and 2006 with Melbourne. Dennis Scott? No. Jamie Feeney? Yeah, Jamie Feeney. Really? Now, the, the reason I picked Jamie Feeney is because he's coaching he's their He's coaching the Titans WLRW team, yeah. And that's why I wanted to make a special mention before we could look back. No, he's, you know, very uh, still passionate about the Bulldogs, Jamie Feeney, uh, if you see him on social media and all that. And he's obviously got the gig now for the first year. And he has coached the Roosters in the past. And then yeah, he's, he's, been he's, a, he's been heavily involved in coaching the women's game. Yeah, so his passion and, you know, helping out. I'm pretty sure he's been involved in Origin as well for the women's side. So he's not he's just a terrific guy uh, who's, you know, did a very good job at the Bulldogs. And you start to think, you know, if you had a player like that today, he'd be yeah. in our side every week. Very hard worker, very underrated. Um, sad to see him go for those couple of years to Melbourne. Uh, but, you know, that's what happens is what it is. Got the run, one representative game with New South Wales country. Mm. But I, he's, uh, I don't know, his involvement with the women's women's game after and developing that and being involved and doing pathways and stuff like that, it's outstanding. I didn't really, didn't think he was going to actually, when I heard he went to the Titans, I was a bit, ooh, like that was odd. But um, I wish him all the best and we're obviously versing the Titans this week and I thought it would be a fun link and also talk about the NRLW as well. and. Mm-hmm. And all the work that he's done, it's just like him on the football field, really. Yeah, well, he's worked off it, you yeah. know. Re- he's respected, honest, ha- honest, hardworking, committed, you know. And you know, he's you know for the long haul. Like I think um, when the NRLW goes to a stage of, you know, like ten teams and a bigger competition over the years to come, I know it's plenty of time. I think he'll be someone who'll be etched, like you know, in in the NRLW as you know. He'd be the Wayne Bennett of the LRLW coaching yeah. world. <laughs> but just all what all he's done for it. So yeah, and I I just wish now we could just pick up Jamie Feeney from you know that 2004 uh, early 2000s and just bring him to today because he'd be starting second row for us for us every week. And it just goes to show the depth we had at the Bulldogs when Jamie Feeney couldn't get a regular start all the time and, you know, playing New South Cup. And we said it before with Dennis Scott when we lived the old dog and all that. When you, you look at the team list and you saw Jamie Feeney playing New South Cup and uh, Dennis Scott there and, you know, the time when Brent Sean was kind of starting his career, the, especially the 90s part, and you looked at that and you go, how is this a reserve grade side? This t- team could uh, run a couple of the top teams down in the NRL. That's how good we were. And um, 132 games... It, you know, impressive, and in a row, one hundred twelve for the uh, Bulldogs. But you know, if he plays today, he probably gets two hundred and fifty <laughs> for us. Yeah, agreed. Good work, Scotty Pick and Jamie Feeney. Good to highlight players that um, maybe some people don't remember or too young to remember, or some players that don't get the 
the raps that um, some other players get. So good mm. work there. What's the socials? Where can you find us? On Twitter, it's at NRL Bulldogs fans. Uh, Facebook, it's NRL Bulldogs fans podcast. Instagram, it's NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. And you can also flick us an email at NRL Bulldogs dot fans at gmail.com. All right. That's us for this week. Bye.